February 19, 2013, Hotel Cecil, LA, California. After guests complain of discoloured and foul water coming from taps and showers, maintenance workers discover the body of a girl in the rooftop water tank. Police would identify the body as 21-year-old Canadian student Eliza Lamb, who had been reported missing at the beginning of the month. Is this a case of death by misadventure? Was it murder? Or could it have involved something more mysterious? I'm your host Cambo. Grab a beer and pull up a deck chair. This is True Crime Island, another true crime podcast. So Eliza had been a student at the University of British Columbia and had left her Vancouver home in January 2013 for a trip to Santa Cruz, California. She would be using Amtrak and public buses. She would describe her trip as her West Coast tour and planned to stop in San Diego, Los Angeles, Santa Cruz and San Francisco. She arrived in LA on the 26th of January and checked into the Cecil Hotel a couple of days later. Initially, she was assigned a shared room but was moved to a room of her own after two days because her roommates complained of her odd behaviour. Now, the Cecil Hotel has a bit of a reputation. Built during the 1920s, it fell on hard times during the Great Depression of the 1930s. The road on which the hotel stood, Main Street, quickly declined into the area known as Skid Row. With as many as 10,000 homeless people living within a four mile radius. And by the 1950s, it had gained a reputation as a residence for transients. Elizabeth Short, victim of the Black Dahlia murder, the city's best known unsolved killing, supposedly made the Cecil her last stop before her death. In 1964, Goldie Osgood, the pigeon lady of Pershing Square was raped and murdered in her room at the Cecil. Serial killers Jack Unterwerger and Richard Ramirez, the night stalker, both resided at the Cecil while active. Some long-term residents still call the Cecil the suicide because of the number of people who have jumped to their deaths from the building over the years with one guy jumping to his death recently on June 12th 2015. So Eliza had been at the hotel for a few days and her roommates complain that she's acting weird. So she gets moved to a room of her own. Now she'd keep in contact with her parents daily and on January the 31st 2013, the day she was scheduled to leave the Cecil and go to Santa Cruz, they didn't hear from her and called the LAPD. Police did a search with dogs, including the roof area, but they had no luck in finding her. But they didn't search every room, as they didn't have probable cause to believe a crime had been committed. On the 6th of February, a week after Eliza had last been seen, the LAPD distributed flyers with her image and posted her details online. They also brought it to the public's attention through the media. After another week with no sightings of Eliza, the police release CCTV footage of her in the lift at the Cecil from the 1st of February, the last day anyone saw her. The video drew worldwide attention. You can watch this by googling it, 
And it's this footage of Eliza acting weird that brought on widespread analysis and discussion about what was actually going on. If you haven't watched the video, maybe pause here and go and have a look. The video shows Eliza enter the lift and she seems to select several floors. The door doesn't close and she pokes her head quickly out, uh, out the door looking to the right. She then gets back in and seems to be hiding by backing up against the corner of the control panel. The door still fails to close and then she steps towards the door and looks out towards the right again. She then steps out looking to her left then right. She then steps back into the elevator and back out again, this time standing almost out of view to the left. The doors still do not close. She's then seen putting her hands up to her head, turns and re-enters the lift, placing her hands to each side of the doorway as if to steady herself. She then seems to press all the buttons for a period of time and the door still does not close. She then exits the lift, stands to the left, then turns to her right where she then waves her hands out to her sides with palms flat and fingers outstretched. Finally, she seems to be counting on her fingers. She then turns to her left and walks away. The, the lift then closes and goes to another floor. So getting into the third week of her disappearance, hotel guests at the Cecil started to complain about low water pressure, discoloured water and a bad smell from the water. On the 19th of February, workers went to the roof to check the water tanks and they discovered the naked body of Eliza in one of the tanks. So a lot of the tenants moved to other hotels and those that remained signed a waiver that they were aware of the health risks. Firefighters removed her body by cutting open the tank to preserve uh, the crime scene or uh, not to damage her body any further and an autopsy was performed. So what we have here is a young woman that is on a road trip. She goes missing. She's seen on CCTV in a lift in her to hotel acting strangely, and her body is found in a water tank on, on the top floor of the hotel. Now, she did suffer from uh, bipolar disorder, and, but she was taking medication for that. So we come to the theories uh, that the internet loves to conjure up when it comes to mysterious events such as this. When we look at the lift footage, which would later be confirmed to have occurred on the same day uh, she ended up in the water tank, her strange behaviour, some say, was because she was possessed by entities that reside in the Cecil Hotel and that the same entities were the cause of so many of the suicides that happened in the past at the hotel. People say it's cursed and it does have such a reputation that recently Ryan Murphy's series co-creator of American Horror Story said that the Cecil Hotel was the main source of inspiration for this season of American Horror Story, specifically the recent strange case of Eliza Lamb as well as the hotel's lengthy history of brutal murders, crimes and strange occurrences. Both Ghost Hunters and Ghost Adventures have featured the building in episodes of their shows as well. And uh, in, in 1962, Pauline Otten jumped from her ninth floor room, killing George Giannini, G Giannini when her body landed on him. 
Also, there's the unsolved murder of Goldie Osgood, also known as the Pigeon Woman. She was found robbed, strangled, raped and stabbed inside her seventh floor room. Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker, stayed at the hotel during 1984-85, killing 13 women and dumping his bloodied clothes in the dumpster downstairs. Serial killer Jack Unterwerger also stayed there while on his killing spree, murdering three prostitutes while staying at the Cecil, some say as a copycat of Ramirez. So, with the the lift footage, others believe she was playing the elevator game. The Thought Catalogue describes the game as coming from Korea, but no one really knows for sure. And uh, here's what they've got to say. So it's claimed that this game, done correctly, takes you to another world, where everything is just like in the normal world, except you are the only person and the world is dark. Some who claim to have successfully returned after playing the game report a red cross in the distance, but all claim to have become disoriented and had trouble remembering how to get back. So, the elevator to another world. This is how you'd go. Only one person can play at a time. You can only perform this ritual in a building at least 10 stories high with at least one elevator in it. You cannot proceed otherwise. Instructions. Travelling. 1. Enter the elevator from the first floor by yourself. If anyone else gets on, then understand that you cannot continue from the first floor and wait until the elevator can be taken alone. 2. Press the button for the 4th floor. 3. Do not get out when the elevator reaches the 4th floor. Stay in the elevator and press the button for the 2nd floor. 4. Do not get out when you reach the 2nd floor. Stay on the elevator and press the button for the 6th floor. 5. Do not get out when you reach the 6th floor. Remain in the elevator and press the button for the 2nd floor. 6. Do not get out when you reach the second floor. Stay on the elevator and press the button for the tenth floor. Some have reported hearing a voice calling them on the second floor during this middle section of the ritual. Do not reply. Do not answer in any way. 7. Do not get out once you have reached the tenth floor. Stay on and press the button for the fifth floor. 8. It has been reported by some that a woman may enter the elevator on floor 5. She may appear as a stranger who wishes to engage with you. More importantly, she may appear as someone you know. It is important that you do not acknowledge her in word or glance. If the elevator you are in is reflective, then stare at the floor or the buttons only. 9. Now press the button to head to the first floor. If instead of going towards the first floor you instead begin to ascend to the 10th floor, then you have performed the ritual correctly. However, and this is very important, if you instead do descend to the first floor, then you've done something wrong. Get off the first floor immediately. If the woman is on the elevator, then remember, do not acknowledge her. 10. If you reach the 10th floor, you can either stay on the elevator or exit the elevator. Some have reported that upon attempting to leave the elevator, the woman will try one last time to engage with you. She may raise her voice and ask where you're going, 
or what's wrong. She may shriek as you cross the door's threshold. Keep your wits about you and do not engage or look at her, even out of fear. 11. There's only one way to know whether you've travelled to the other world for sure. You will know because you will be the only person there. Now, travelling back to your home world. Alternatively, if you don't get out on the 10th floor. Press the button to the first floor and keep pressing it until the elevator begins to move. 2. Once you've reached the first floor, exit immediately. Do not exit on any other floors but the first. Do not acknowledge the woman if she is on the elevator. If anyone else gets on, then do not speak to him either. Remain silent. Now if you do exit the elevator at the 10th floor, 1. The elevator you use to get there is the only one you can use to return. Remember it. 2. When you get back on the elevator, press the buttons in the same order you did in steps 2 through to 8, which you used to travel. This should take you to the 5th floor. 3. Once you've reached the 5th floor, press the button for the 1st floor. Do not be surprised when you instead begin to ascend again to the 10th floor. Do not panic. You can press the button of any floor lower than 10 to stop ascending, but you have to do it before you again reach the 10th floor. Some have described being called not to cancel the elevator's ascension. You must. 4. Once you've cancelled the ascension and reached the first floor, make sure that everything seems normal to you, if anything seems remotely strange. If you hear anything you should not be hearing, If you smell something you don't recognise, then do not exit the elevator. You have to repeat step two until everything on the first floor seems normal. This is very important. Five, once you are satisfied that everything on the first floor is as it should be in your world, then you can exit the elevator. Additional information on travelling. The other world has been described by travellers as dark, but otherwise exactly like your home world. Again, you will know that it is not your world because no one else will be there. You may see a distant red cross through a window. This may be a cross or it may be something else. Electronics often do not work, but some have posted videos claim to have been taken while travelling to the other world. You may become disoriented if you exit on the 10th floor. You may feel dizzy, be vigilant. Pay attention to how you are feeling and keep your wits about you. If you pass out, you may wake up at home, but understand it may not be your home world. It also may not be the other world you intended to travel to by invoking this ritual. Examine everything around you to make sure it is as it should be. If you get on the wrong elevator on your return trip, then do not enter the return sequence. It will not work. Regarding the woman, do not speak to her. Do not look at her. Do not check to see if she's still there. She is. Okay, so while that's interesting, the elevator game, the fact is, Elisa doesn't ride in the lift at all or seem to follow any of the rules at the start. So that theory is pretty well debunked. Now, one very interesting coincidence or some say predictive programming, is the movie Dark Water. That's a 2002 Japanese horror film directed by Hideo Nakata 
and the American version is from 2005, and it's of the same name. Basically, there are paranormal events and water leaking from the ceilings, hair and coloured water coming from the taps. Eventually, the body of a girl is found decomposing in the water tank on the roof. In the American version, one of the characters' names is Dahlia, and another is Cecilia, referencing Black Dahlia and the Cecil Hotel. Uh, Watch the original version, and there is even a scene where the mother goes to the roof and is wearing an outfit so very similar to Eliza's when she's in the lift. Was she possessed by demonic entities? Maybe. But according to Redditor Hammy Sammy, who summarised her toxicology report quite well, he goes on to say this. To summarise, Elisa took at least one antidepressant that day. She'd taken her second antidepressant and mood stabiliser recently, but not that day. She'd not taken her antipsychotic recently. She had no alcohol or common illegal drugs in her system. Now, there's a very strong risk of mania associated with taking antidepressants alone, not in conjunction with an antipsychotic or mood stabiliser for, for bipolar disorder, which Eliza suffered from. I think it's safe to say that the video, combined with the toxicology report, proves beyond a reasonable doubt that she was experiencing a manic episode at the time of her death, independent of any other drugs, illegal or otherwise, she may have had in her system. So I don't really think demonic entities were involved. Another interesting coincidence is that the area around the Cecil, which has been described as Skid Row, had a tuberculosis outbreak at the time, and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention were using a test kit called the LAM-ELISA test. ELISA is an acronym for Enzyme-Linked Immunosorbent Assay. It's a standard diagnostic laboratory test for about any pathogen. LAM is an abbreviation for Lipoarabinomannan, which is a glycolipid found on the bacteria cells that cause tuberculosis. And that test precedes this event by decades. So I think it's fair to say that her actions weren't from her playing the elevator game or from demonic possession. Rather, she was having an episode from the combination of drugs she was and wasn't taking at the time. So how did she get in the water tank when the hotel insisted that the access door to the roof was locked and alarmed, and how did she lift the heavy hatch to get in the water tank? Well, apparently the door wasn't always locked, and that staff would prop it open and go up there to smoke. Also, it was later found that the alarm was broken, so she could have easily found her way to the top floor and onto the roof without anyone knowing, just like the staff would. Also, the access hatch to the water tank isn't really heavy at all. It is basically made from heavy gauge sheet steel and well within the capacity for Eliza to lift up. So she's possibly having some manic episode. She can't get the lift to work. She decides to take the stairs. Probably can't tell what floor she's on as she ascends the stairs, gets to the roof and climbs to the water tank. Why she then climbs into the tank and takes off all her clothes, well, maybe that's part of her manic episode, and once in the tank, she freaked out and maybe decided to take off her clothes to help her stay afloat. She probably panicked and eventually drowned, which is what the coroner deemed happened. 
the autopsy report reveals that they didn't really find anything suspicious. Any trace of drugs was from the prescription drug she had to treat her bipolar disorder. There were no signs of sexual assault and the cause of death was drowning. So really, there just doesn't seem to be any evidence of paranormal activity, no evidence of her being with anyone else who may have caused her harm. There is evidence that she was affected by the combination of drugs she was taking for her bipolar disorder and that she was probably is was in a manic state at the time. She was able to get access to the roof and into the tank by herself. So this isn't so much of a mystery, but more of an unusual sequence of events that led to her death. What is for certain is that her parents, family and friends have suffered a terrible loss. So that brings to an end this episode of True Crime Island. I hope that it's been entertaining and I will strive to make every episode better than the last. We're on Twitter and Facebook with links from the website truecrimeisland.com. And there is an RSS feed also on there. It's on the contact page for your podcasting software. We should be on iTunes very soon, so you can link from there as well. You can either stream or download episodes on the website if you want to listen offline. So, True Crime Islanders, don't forget to delete your browser history. This is Cambo signing off, and thanks for listening. This has been True Crime Island, another true crime podcast.